back to Inside the Huddle, sponsored by Advanced Medical Imaging. Here is your host, Jay Foreman. We're back, second segment. This is Jay Foreman, your hostess with the mostest, right? Isn't that what they say, uh, Harrison? Isn't that what you guys say? Yeah, you know, all the time, know, yeah. every day. <laughs> we got a, a YouTube comment or question. Uh, Sim- Simeon in Bangkok asks, uh, what do you think Minnesota will not worry about when playing us this week? In other words, what are what are they expecting to be superior at compared to the Huskers at, do- at doing I think Minnesota is going to try to Minnesota, and they're going to try to beat you up and uh, try to out-physical you. And it's not a uh, – I wouldn't say like a maul you type type of like Wisconsin. They'll just out-execute you. They kind of – they wedge block and do some gap blocking. They're just going to test you whether you mentally will do the same thing over and over and over with a physical mentality mm-hmm. and try to establish the run game. Obviously, uh, timely passing game. I do feel that they're going to try to – Spread us out a little bit more, considering that the offensive uh, firepower they potentially have coming back, and they feel very confident in the quarterback because he's more of a dual threat quarterback than, than uh, uh, Tanner Morgan. But uh, they don't have Mo Ibrahim back there, so that well, he was the ultimate equalizer and gave the whole team confidence. I talked about it on numerous times on old school that from from my perspective when I played here at Nebraska. And, you know, whether it was Lawrence Phillips, Amon Green, Clint Childs, uh, Damon Benning, um, Correll Buckhalter, D'Angelo Evans, Thunder Dan Alexander, anybody, we always knew that what they were bringing. So when it became third and one, the the expectation and the comfort that we had that they were going to get it and then also wear their team out. And so, it, you know, that is gone from Minnesota. It seemed like Mo Ibrahim and Morgan have been there for like 50 years. Yeah. They're gone. And so a lot of that continuity is gone. Um, that is taxing on a head coach and PJ Fleck. You have two all, uh, co-offensive coordinators. So that's going to be very unique. So what they're going to try to do is do what they've always done. Out execute Nebraska up front. thinking test our discipline and our principles. It'll be interesting to see how we handle that. And then from there, if they feel like they got a, if they're making way there, then they feel like they could throw the ball all over the place because then they feel like they have control of the game. And so it, I don't think that'll necessarily happen uh, to the same clip because I think Nebraska is going to be prepared for it and obviously be able to adjust, mm-hmm. which has been the biggest difference. And so um, I think they'll be fine, but uh, it, it's all going to be dependent on how we play up front in the front six or seven, whatever you want to look at it. And so that's a good leeway right into our the defensive depth chart. Ty Robinson starting, um, you know he, he you know he's he's a junior and and this is a year that he has to be the man right, which is great for him. Great opportunity, backed up by uh, Kay Whalen, who was a JUCO uh, transfer. Um, you know he he's shown some pop and he's shown pop in his recruiting tape. So I think. Um, depending on the front, I think those two guys can either play. You know. Obviously, Whalen behind him, or in combination in the four-man front. I think Whalen can can get to the quarterback a little bit, and then and then in the middle, um, you saw glimpses of him playing a little bit better last year. Um, and I think when you see Nash, obviously wearing number zero because he was one he's one of the ones that got the single digits. He's in way better shape than he was last year, and it's a continued thing that he look. You got he, he dedicated himself to get leaner, which is going to allow him to play. Uh, physical for longer periods of time and be more effective as a player. 
Um, I think he's embraced his role where he's at, and I think he's came out of his shell at times last year. It's just got to be a technique thing, and I think uh, Potrose, uh, their their defensive line coach, will do Terrence Knighton. No, I don't know if he likes being called Potrose, but Terrence Knighton, Coach Knighton, has done a good job of teaching him and Raekwon Buckley um, different techniques that he's played, and I'm sure he's played in somewhat of this system. 3-4 knows the ins and outs of it. So I think the production of the defense is going to be predicated on those two playing consistently because you have to play consistently so the guys behind you can play. And another one, this is probably the biggest surprise or out of nowhere, right? Is Blaze Gunnarsson starting? And is Blaze Gunnarsson or Cam Linhart? Cam Linhart from IMG, big-time recruit with the previous staff, decommitted, recommitted and signed, so forth, early enrollee. You can see why he was a four-star recruit out of uh, IMG. Very mm-hmm. mature, if you've you know listened to some of his interviews. And the way that he's played, you can tell he's been coached at a pretty high level, coming out of high school, so his transition has been pretty smooth. right? He's very focused, young man, 6'3", 250. But Blaze Gunnarsson, you got to give him credit, right? He's he battled the injury bug and kind of, you know, calf injury, hip injury, hamstring, maybe a shoulder, and then finally I think he's gotten healthy at a good weight for him in a good scheme that allows him to kind of, you know, just put his hand in the dirt and go. So I think both of those two, for different reasons, have been surprises, right? They probably weren't guys you weren't expecting to start. You know, obviously um, – well, Colton Feast decided not to come back or a mutual agreement. Um, but then you think Blaze, who kind of was a backup, backup role in an outside rusher, is that, you know, goes into a three-man front, probably like a little bit on the open side, uh, three-man front, and is backed up or co-starter with Cam Linhart. And Cam Linhart coming in, playing as a freshman, Coach Rule, Coach White, Terrence Knighton, all have said, if you're a young guy that's shown that you want to play or can play and consistently want to play and we feel that you can handle the defense you know, scheme-wise, they're not going to hold you back. There's no four-game rule for him. He's going to be playing every week. Mm-hmm. Now, whether he's starting or not, um, depends on you know how Blaze plays, but then also depends on how he plays. So I imagine Blaze will be out there first because he has more experience. Um, but Cam Linhart will be in there very soon or very quickly, and that's good. Yeah, they, they seem to really like him. Well, I mean, <clears throat> he's putting in the work, like you said. It's yeah. going to be a matter of time. If he gets in there and pops off, he's going to be playing a lot. Yeah, this is the one thing about coaches. Every coach has his favorites, right? I've coached. You got your favorites. But generally, they my favorite players are the ones that play, play hard and practice hard and do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Not always what I, you know, it's not like do what I, you know, it, I don't need you to kiss my butt. I just like players that love, in this case, football um, and show up every day. And that's what he's done. And uh, so that's commendable for him. And it's also also right now commendable for Blaze, too, because he's came a long way. He was one of those guys, would he make it or not? He's accepted the challenge. And that's what Matt Rule wants. He And, he, and Matt Rule wants guys. He's going to give you an opportunity, but he wants you to earn it and raise your level of play and expectation. I think Blaze has done it. Um, good for him. And then to the linebacker, which linebacker room, um, and we'll throw the jack in there too, right? So they run a three-three-five. Suppose there being a lot of four-man front, especially against Minnesota. Maybe some five-man front, three-four look, just because Minnesota is going to try to. They're just a physical team. Yeah. If you you know they're not you're not just going to line up with three defensive linemen, three linebackers, and five DBs, and think you're going to you know do well. You got to 
set the edge, hold the point of attack. But the three guys and the two linebackers in the jack position, here's I'm going to go with the most interesting depth chart right, right off the get-go. And it's Chief Borders or Chief Borders is listed at the top mm-hmm. or MJ Sherman. Right. Jamar Butler has been a little dinged up. Right. Yep. And he's kind of in, in he's or, or he or he had been up there. So he's 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 coming back from a little bit of it being dinged up. But the fact that Chief Borders is listed like you could say or. Right. But the guy at top is generally the starter. Mm hmm. In my in my experience, I can't speak for the team. I just know when I was a co-starter, it was Jay Foreman or or somebody else or Jay Foreman. The guy that was first is the starter. So Chief Borders, when you go back to the spring game, you didn't see much, right? You see him out there and you're like, did he make any plays? All offseason, yeah, you see him. He's very, very uh, active on social media. But we didn't see any plays, Wait, right? Who was always featured, right? MJ Sherman, am I correct? Mm-hmm. So it was always a foregone conclusion. Two-time national champion, right? Coming in leadership role. Uh, you had the video where the you know the defense got you know th- shown off the field. He said we're not leaving. But Chief is, according to this, <laughs> okay. I'm and I'm looking at it as if I'm an offensive coordinator, right? Or a defensive guy looking at who's starting. The guy that's at top starting. So let's just assume Chiefs is, Chief is starting. MJ's backing up. Um, you know, uh, oh, well, we have here, we have some uh, breaking news, not breaking news, but some info from uh, YouTube. We appreciate your uh, comments on YouTube. And thanks, Steve. He says he thinks that Rule said the top guy in or was based on the alphabet. Okay. All right, well, then. Well, who knows? Well, at the end of the day, Chief Borders is going to get a shot. Yeah, it's came. He's came a long way because Jamar Butler was ahead of him. You mm-hmm. know when they did the spring. So I, I I do know this from when they were out there in the spring. Jamari and and MJ Sherman were together with the ones. Well, we talked about it. We didn't right. hear much about Chief Borders, and I think it was probably a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we were kind of trying to figure out where well, where is he sitting. At. Yeah, so was we he even going to be on here? Yeah, was he? Yeah, and so now for him to be on here, all I'm saying is commendable. So good on him. The depth seems like it's going to be there. Now they got to play come Thursday night. The two starters on the inside, uh, nothing new because Nick is once healthy. He's, going to, he's their leader. He's probably going to be a two-down linebacker. Then you got Luke. Um, you know, quite possibly could be in the record books that when he's done. Uh, he got a single digit. Same with Nick. The two guys behind him now have done unique things here. John Bullock, his brother, brother Alex. Earned a single digit. When you see John, he looks like a linebacker. Had a great offseason and has made a lot of plays. Gives him flexibility, right? Um, also, behind Nick, at linebacker, okay, is Javen Wright. Battled some unforeseen health issues, and now he's playing linebacker. I think it's a position that he's going to be – he's going to excel at, and he could play the jack as well. He gives you some flexibility. Yeah. He gives you some length and playmaking ability. And he's only going to get bigger, faster, and stronger as his body uh, matures. Yes, Douglas, it, I didn't know simple al- alphabetical order, but the fact that these guys are in there in the mix, there's some that just have been a surprise to me, you know. Um, and then you got the rover, which is Isaac Gifford, which we kind of felt like that was there. He's another guy that earned single digits, number two. Phelan Sanford, who's been really good on special teams and been a guy that they've 
gloat about. Tony White is talking about his speed and his physicality, throwing his body around. So you have two of the same, right? Gifford, a local kid, earned his way onto the team, scholarship, been a really good special teams player and situational player. I think he played more last year under Bill Bush and, and is, is provided a physical presence. And I think he potentially could excel at that rover position. Um, the corners are locked in. Quentin Newsom, Tommy Hill backing him up, uh, who's gotten out of his own way, which is really good. And then Malcolm Hertz Hartzog, who's done really well. And then he has like his twin, uh, Dwight Boodle II. Um, obviously, his brother is playing for the Chiefs, but Dwight Boodle is 5'9", 170. Hartzog is 5'9", 175. So if you 5'9", 165 to 75 pounds, you're starting out there at corner. Um, and then the two safety positions, right? This is it right here. Miles Farmer left. Buford's hurt. So you got to think you got two guys that started last year. One will be back and one will not be back. Deshaun Singleton, who hardly played last year, right, mm-hmm. essentially took that spot. <clears throat> Matt Rule said we expected him to be a backup. He's going to be one of our best defensive players. And from what I've seen, he he's popping, hitting, and showing up. Looks a lot faster. Looks like he did off his recruiting tape, which is great because he gives you some length and playmaking ability. Legit 6'3", 205 with a physical presence. I like that. And then Omar Brown, I think he got hurt last year, came from Northern Iowa, uh, was making some noise in camp early in the year. He's starting at the other safety position. But one of the best athletes that had a – I think he had like a like a unique or weird like knee condition in his first year, Kobe Bretz from Omaha Westside. Mm-hmm. Um, battled, you know, wonder where he would fit in considering that you had Buford and Farmer at the beginning of the offseason. Would he make this too deep? Obviously, he's done some things to be a backup, and he'll be in the game as well. So, that, look, that's good. And then you got Corey Collier, Collier right? Uh, a sophomore. So, you got good depth. You got a senior in Omar Brown, sophomore Bretts, uh, a junior in Singleton. Corey Collier, a transfer in from Florida, right? A transfer portal guy. So, look, you, look you're getting your, your good transfer portal money's worth. He's backing up at a safety. And I think what you're going to see, and Tony White has said it, you're going to not just see 11 guys eating up all the all the, all the the snaps. All these guys are going to play, you know, if they're healthy, mm-hmm. right? Now, somebody, if they're if you got a combination of playing good, then that's just the way it is. But, you know, you see some freshmen in there, obviously with Lynn Hart and, and Dwight Boodle, but then you see some sophomores in there. So when you talk about um, rebuilding versus re, re, reloading, you want to reload. Right, you don't want to always want to be in rebuild mode, and that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to build up depth. And if you didn't get to see the last look in, Matt Rule said that. Yeah, that was a good. Uh, I'd say out of all the episodes so far, that one had the craziest amount of events going on. Yeah, well, he just told you, look, dude, if you think mm-hmm. you're just gonna come, because he, what he's trying to do, and I'll say this before we go to break, what he's trying to do is get it out of your system that once the season starts, and if you're not playing, you're chilling. That's how you. That's how he got here. The lack of development every day you have to play and you got to get better because you never know when you're going to be called upon. He has told you if you're a young player, you're going to be called upon because if you're not, if you don't show the ability to continue to get better, or if you're not up to standard, well, that's how guys end up here in the transfer portal through high school uh, signing day period. The best of the best are going to play and he's creating internal competition because if you handle your business, it's very simple. You will play easy. Just go do it, but you got to do it every day. So uh, that's the defense. Um, I think the, the you know the defense is going to have to lead the way, uh, especially in the first couple series, first quarter and a half, and the offense has got to hold their head above water. And uh, they the closer the game, I think it favors Nebraska because I think that this coach can coach them through 
kind of uh, a rocky start or a sticky situation. I think they got enough experience to kind of go toe to toe with old uh, sleeky or silky smooth cat up there in uh, uh, PJ Flex. So, with that being said, uh, we're going to come back and give you our game prediction. Uh, this is Jay Foreman inside the huddle. We'll be right back. 